Welcome to episode six of the Tapping Into podcast. We are halfway through the season now and I really hope you're enjoying it. This podcast is sponsored by Orverum, an award-winning cult beauty and well-being brand steeped in ritual, powered by nature, focused on self-care and finessed by science. This week I've been using the Firming Body Oil and I'm absolutely loving it. The bottle is big so it's going to last ages, it smells amazing and is perfect in this warm weather. Ovirum are offering you a chance to feel relaxed, restored and renewed by giving you an exclusive 20% discount using the code TAPPINGFORMOMS. This episode is going to calm you, I guarantee it. I chat with the amazing Prune Harris. She is an energy healer, teacher and creative base in the UK. She's been working with thousands of clients for over 20 years to help them reconnect with their soul energy and embrace their life purpose. June is a true embodiment of love, health and vitality and her desire to help others align with their highest potential is truly remarkable. Her new book, Your Radiant Soul, has just launched and it helps you truly understand and change your own energy through various techniques and practices that she's learned over the years. She also has a membership called The Gathering Ground and her website pruneharris.com is packed full of courses and resources all about energy. You can follow her on Instagram too at pruneharris. I absolutely loved my chat with Prune and at one point I was crying with joy as she was describing souls with pearlescent energy. My heart felt truly expansive talking to her and I hope you can feel that energy too. I really hope you loved this episode. Do jump into our DMs and keep us posted. Hi Prune, welcome to the Tapping Into podcast. I'm so happy to have you here to talk all about energy. Thanks Sarah, I'm really, really excited too. I love your work, I love your mission. It absolutely inspires and resonates so much with my own, so looking forward to our chat together oh that makes me feel so so lovely thank you um we do have you know I think in our stories some kindred experiences and it starts for you I think very very early on um by the sound of things so tell me how how did you become aware of energy and what did you make of it like was that completely was did it feel really normal or was it like whoa what is this uh well in a way I feel that because I was born into that world and really seeing energy and I never lost it, then it was totally my normal. We only know what we can experience, can't we? Like our lenses into the world are determining everything about our world. And my lens was always the lens of energy. So even, you know, I remember being born. I remember the energy of my mum. I remember the energy of the doctors and nurses. I remember the first time milk hit my system and the explosion of of life force through it so i would say my massive learning with energy wasn't energy it was learning that other people didn't necessarily experience the same thing that was my learning and honestly it still catches me out now there's still things that i have as assumptions that other people logically and consciously interpret about energy that is because that's how I've lived for 50 years um so it's a uh, my my journey with energy has not been about learning about it it's about understanding um that maybe it's not that normal to see what I see and experience what I what I experienced when I was 
born. Um, my twin had died just before that point. And for all of those first years of my life, I've, well, I not, I feel, I know I had one foot in that spirit world, one foot in the land of the dead. I'm, I'm a shaman. I've trained in the Celtic and the Norse traditions because it felt here in Britain, we're holding this, um, the land itself holds the amazing energy and stories and experiences of both of those traditions. So I've always seen spirits. I've, I'm as comfortable in that land of the dead as I am in the land of the living. Um, yeah, I think that's a good start point anyway. I could, I could say a lot more, but yeah. that's a good start point. It's um, incredible. Like when you say you see the land of the dead and the li- um, versus the land of the living, are you talking kind of with third eye or are you really seeing it visually with your eyes, three-dimensional eyes? Yeah, both. Um, so obviously when we're talking about energy and energy perception, we have very many different ways. Every one of our senses perceives energy all the time. And depending on your particular makeup of sensory information, maybe you're someone who sees much clearer than you hear or feel. Um, what's the other sense I've missed? Uh, the yeah, cognitional. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so we all perceive energy in our own way. And for me, my my biggest natural one would be clairsentience and claircognizance. That real, like my body informs me a lot. And I just get that sense of knowing, like so many of us do, that claircognizance of you get that intuitive hit, or you just know that you've got to call that friend or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So um for me, my um clairvoyance, my visual abilities, uh, actually I'd class them more like third or fourth in my senses. And yet, of course, it's the one that people are most interested in because Mm -hmm. it's the most kind of tangible. I can tell you what your energy looks like. I can tell you what happens when you walk past a tree and some part of your energy field and your consciousness connects with the energy field and consciousness of the trees. So I love my clairvoyance because it means I've got the language to help Mm. people understand it more and also I've worked with illustrators over the years to create those kind of visuals which is amazing because once we see a picture we can begin to track it in our own perception so with that um, with that spirit realm I think it's a mixture of both there are times and instances growing up, it was very normal to um, see spirits for me. And actually both my kids um, also have that ability. Um, The challenge for me was interpreting which ones were in the land of the living and which ones are in the land of the dead. And Mm. the way that I began tracking that was that if other people looked at them, I knew they were in the land of the living. So, I mean, there is corporeal and kind of embodied in their form um as as you and I right here right now wow um I think as I've grown older that's I wouldn't have any I've learned more about how to interpret what I'm seeing because of course as a kid you don't have those skills and I know right now there are millions of kids who have all of those abilities like I see that you do some beautiful work with highly sensitive people and empaths and you know that the kids being born now, they're all wired that way. So I feel 
helping people understand energy is essential for the mental health and well-being of our entire civilizations as we move forward because otherwise we're going to break we're going to break with trying to hold this crazy sense of separation and the and the seeming dichotomy between the living world and the non-living world or the physical world and the non-physical world yeah wow like god i could just listen to you talk all day <laughs> Uh, so many things washing over me there. One of them um, being, is the rise of anxiety and depression and chronic illness and inflammation in our body? And is that rooted in just a lack of general mainstream understanding of energy? For me, it's rooted in the concept that we are disconnected or we are separate, yeah? that I am separate from you or that I am separate from every thought, every action, every being in this universe. And that is a very, very modern thought. That came in two, 300 years ago. That's it. And it feels to me like we've been in an amazing social experiment for the last few hundred years. And we're realizing we got it really, really right in lots of ways. And we got it pretty wrong in lots of ways. So how do we bring about the great kind of rebalancing? How do we recover and reawaken everything that we already know? On the energetic level, we know we are interconnected in every way. There's not a speck of an energy field that says, hang on, I think I'm separate from that person. No way. We're merging all the time. We're connecting all the time. We're part of this amazing web of life. And so when we began following a biomedical model, when we began really coming into the kind of age of reason, certain priorities got put in place. And one of them was that science was superior, um, logic and reason was superior. Now, science, logic and reason are amazing and fabulous, and we all need them, but they are not superior. They're part of a whole picture. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I had the incredible, incredible blessing of working for seven years with the elders in the Mi'kmaq First Nation in Eastern Canada. And there we worked with, um, I worked in a, a university uh, institute of integrative science and we worked with the First Nation elders and they brought forward a program. Elder Albert Marshall gave a word to it and he called it two-eyed seeing. And for me, it's the, it's the essence of all of our indigeneity. And the two-eyed seeing understanding means that if we could see everything from one eye of modern worldview, modern science, modern everything, and if we could see with one eye through the ancient wisdoms, mm -hmm. then actually there is no situation, problem, experience that we can't bring into wholeness right here, right now on a global level. And that two-eyed seeing is so firmly rooted in my understandings of what, what we need moving forward for health and wholeness. Um, but let's, let's put it in a very, very personal situation. Last week, I had the news that one of my closest, closest beloveds in my family has a brain tumor. Yeah. Well, that's big news. He has the amazing gift here in Britain, even with an NHS that is struggling he has an amazing gift of having brain surgery next week at the same time he and i will be working 
most days to balance his energy so that when he goes into the surgery, he's in his optimum health. When he comes out of the surgery, we'll be working to rebalance his health so that recovery and also, of course, as is essential in all energy work, being able to track and bring balance to the root of what caused the energetic imbalance which showed up in a physical manifestation. So any if we can bring those two approaches to create holism to personal health, anxiety, whatever it is, I think we do much more. We begin to resonate that holism, that connectivity, that sense of radiance. Let's let's take it one step further, <laughs> like that sense of radiance. We have a gift of life. I know. You have had incredible and personal grief and loss. You know death. Yes. I know death. Yeah. And that inspires a love of life, doesn't it? Yeah. Really deep. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it shifted my whole trajectory on my purpose and, and it was like I had totally forgotten and I had forgotten because I knew it as a child yeah. I remember having imaginary conversations in my head to what I thought was God and getting answers back you know I mean you reference these kids now and there's I think waves of children that have come in in this high energy capacity and indigo children crystal children rainbow children I don't know what they're called now every every child is probably coming in in this high level um let's talk a little bit about that because I do I do support a lot of mums who are sensitive themselves and also have very sensitive children and yeah. um, a lot of mums with children on the spectrum and yeah. they're uh, trying to do what they can to support them but the mainstream world is just not set up to yeah. do that yet but I feel like these kids now are like forcing us to find another way for them so that we're paving the way for our future generations. What is your interpretation of this new wave of energy? I would absolutely agree. Absolutely Mm -hmm. agree. Um, I am, I've been at many, many births. I worked as a doula and assistant to a um, rural midwife in the mountains in Canada. Oh, wow. Wow. Been at births and I see those little beings come in and the, the radiance the deep wisdom, like energetically at the very core of, of a person. So that the Chinese would call it the Daiji pole. The ancient Indians would call it the Sushumna Nadi. Yeah. So you've got this kind of, let's call it an energetic hose pipe at the risk of that not being very glamorous. Yeah, exactly. So your sun stars above your head, the earth stars below your feet, and you've got this beautiful, beautiful energetic core. Now that holds your soul energy. That is, you're hardwired for the cosmos and for yourself. And when that radiates out, it creates a hue through every single cell that you are. Every every thought you have has that flash of color in it because vibra- energy, vibration, color, all the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so that soul color, let's call it that, really determines a lot about what you're here to do and a lot about how you're going to sort of navigate your life what qualities, what strengths, what places of challenge you're going to have? What does your soul need to evolve, essentially? Um, And when babies are born, that soul color is 
immense in their fields because at that point there's not a lot of other energetic patterning no influence Mm. exactly um and is really beautiful to see over the last kind of 30 years since I was really kind of thinking about it and tracking it in that way of watching these waves of children coming in like you say the indigo indigo came in a little while before the indigo vibration came in from the cosmic field onto the earth. Mm-hmm. So the indigo kids were preparing. So first. Exactly. The indigo kids were preparing. They were pushing our buttons. They were kind of asking the questions like, this isn't working for us. How can we do it differently? They were challenging. Yeah, really challenging to the education system, challenging to the old form of um, children should be seen and not heard. Mm -hmm. The indigo kids blasted all of that. And after that wave there, and we're still kind of on the edge of it now, um, the, like you say, sometimes people call them rainbow, but an an opalescent color, like a brilliance Mm -hmm. in their field. And they were, they are like the fierce joy carriers. They, they carry the joy. They light up the radiance in other people. And they're fierce. They're justice carriers. So when those little opalescents, as they grow, they, they hold this like capacity to light you up and make everyone in the room beam. And they'll walk up to someone and say, that's make sure you pick up that rubbish. Don't drop it. Or if they see someone being unkind to a dog, they'll go straight in there. It, that kind of interesting place. How did my daughter describe it one time? She described it as the, the generation that won't, mm, that won't order more ketchup, but would, um, stand in front of a a police officer and say, no, you cannot go into this situation. It was like this odd mixture of amazing, um, amazing radiance and joy, kind of instability or anxiety because of this bigness that they're holding, these Mm -hmm. two places of there is a better way. We know it on a really, really deep level and we are going to fight for it. And life is challenging so yeah these amazing kind of waves and now what I'm seeing I've only seen a few children holding it now very few but there's a silver vibration Mm -hmm. that's coming in and that silver vibration like I've got goosebumps just thinking of them yeah they are I'm actually crying I have tears in my eyes (laughs) yeah Yeah. thinking of the the opal yeah yeah they're amazing the opalescence. Would you say that like Greta Thunberg would be? Uh, she, she's a she's a silver. Oh. She's she's like one of the, the next very way. very first very Silvers. first runners coming in. Oh wow! And also she's got an incredible. She's like, you know, Ireland's green. The vibration of Ireland um, has it has a lyricism and a. Um, and the magic in it. Mm. And there are very many different shades of greens, of course, millions. And every one of them holds a slightly different 
vibration within the soul color and yet as of as a as a vibration they're similar so it's like a green soul color family um and she holds a really interesting green it's like oh it's a green that's got so so she's got the silver but then these greens have so many um changing tones and notes in them really amazing she's kind of plugged into a different place of connectivity wow. with the universe um and then she understands this, it yeah, yeah like straight away is always yeah. known yeah totally yeah that you're absolutely right there Sarah it's not like she had to learn no. those and on a on a certain level we've all got that we don't have to learn we have yeah. to we have to remember we just have to remember <laughs> I watched Avatar the way of the water in January and the in the cinema which was kind of unfortunate because at the end I just wanted to wail crying mm. like and all I kept I was trying to hold it back in but also let it out it was like a horrible mix and I just kept saying I remember I remember I remember it's like my ancient past mm. is really 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 present now I feel like I'm ready to completely expands like the wrong word it's just like up level or really step into that ancient soul energy have you have you seen this a lot with people yeah absolutely I think we're all being asked aren't we we're all being asked and and also as a collective consciousness the more of us that are feeling that way mm -hmm. and and for me it's about dropping deep enough into the into your wisdom ways into your wild wisdom mm -hmm. into the the authenticity of the sweetness of your soul the rawness of your soul the power of your soul yeah it's about dropping into that yeah and so the eft work that you do mm -hmm. is absolute magic to clear those energetic pathways or patterns that have just got a little bit stuck in a habit. You know, we are, every part of your energy system is continually, continually looking for balance. It, it knows that balance is its natural way and mm. it's looking, your energy feels, yeah, all of these amazing waves that you are, they're all looking to find their most beautiful expression of you like energy fields are fields of consciousness so i i know that every one of them is in service to you becoming more and more you to really your energy fields are your soul energy and yet they're also the kind of vehicle through which your soul gets to experience life isn't it and so that place of being able to clear those let's think of them as kind of little energetic glitches and that's mm. what tapping is absolutely amazing for amazing for being able just to, a little bit like a um i always when i watch anyone that's working with tapping it's like their energy systems just getting that tiny little shake up vibration yeah, yeah. so that the patterns can reconnect in the way they've been trying to since the mm. moment they went out of balance. That is an amazing way of describing it. Actually, I'm going to rob that for the future. Yeah, because um, yeah, we talk about like disruptions in the energy system. Um, 
and I always say I would I would maybe someday this is possible please tell me it is that we can actually record with video or camera when the energy actually lifts out of the body and releases you know I'd love to see that because I feel it so deeply in my body I feel it for my clients my god they they laugh at me I'm burping as they're releasing I'm yawning sometimes the whole session is a mix of laugh crying burping and tear you know it's just (laughs) the works um and so yeah I would like for me sometimes I feel like the energy is coming up the body and often you know can start down in the stomach or the root and then moves up to get stuck in the throat and that's like I'm we're we're working with the tapping to just to nudge to nudge that energy up and then suddenly we'll just go out the crown of the head but I want to capture that I'd like someday to capture that yeah for sure that would be wonderful Mm. to do Sarah and well I can tell you what I see when I've um yeah what do you see (laughs) so it's a way of you're sending the the tapping is sending a pulse into the body system so it's sending a wave of energy and your body knows energy yeah that is its language so as the pulse comes in it's like suddenly patterns that are linear in and there should be nothing linear in the system everything Mm -hmm. is moving everything's dynamic everything's interconnected everything has its way of being connected so if there is a glitch in the system if there's an old way of being if there's a subconscious pattern that somehow is locked in then what will happen is that the energy fields around it will try and connect and they can't quite so they adapt they adapt and that's where we get bring in these amazing coping strategies mm-hmm. um so as you're tapping you're sending electromagnetic pulses through the body system that just says, hello, 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 or remember, remember, remember. Or safe. Exactly. Safe, Whatever safe, it is, safe, you're yeah. calling into that depth. You're, anything we're tapping, we're inviting the shuffling of the movement to release something to immediately find its way because it has been trying since it went out of balance Mm -hmm. so from that point this electromagnetic debris let's call it that that's what it always looks like there's static in the system and a pattern that is out of balance will show up as static in the system so now you've got static moving and some of your energy systems will grab that static and they'll put it back where it should have been so it's reconnective but some of it is actually and this, this doesn't tend to be the impact, the moment of trauma or the moment of the pattern getting set. That gets reabsorbed into the body really quickly. But all of, the, all of our reactions and responses since that point in time builds up, I'm not good enough or it's not safe or, or, or. Yeah, it's all yeah. of those patterns that they become much more coalesced in the system. So at that point, that, gets lifted out of the body system quite quickly. Like by the end of the session, that's into the aura. But now your aura has to get rid of that. And that's where I see people who have less completion in their healing journey with the tapping are the people who it gets put into the system and maybe they're not grounded enough. Maybe their auric field is very, very compromised for whatever reasons. Mm-hmm. 
So now you've got this kind of energetic debris, which is information, it's coded information. You've got this coded information in your energy fields and it can't be moved out. Now what happens is it settles back in the body, just simply comes back. But now it, it comes back to a place that isn't it, isn't its natural place to come back to. And that's where we can get, as we're working with um, people supporting their healing journey, that's where you get those times, Sarah, when you think, I don't quite understand. On a logical level, I've got no idea why this is showing up. And the, the client can't really explain it either. It's like something's kind of superimposed on top of something else. I, I know you've had those experiences. Mm-hmm. And you tap and you release them. And for whatever reason, this time the body system can take it out. And that's why for me, that place of being really grounded after sessions. Now, whether that's, of course, making sure you're really well hydrated, just a very basic one. Um, But giving time and space around a tapping session, and I mean tapping at home as well, the beautiful reinforcing tapping, so that you actually even build in five, six, seven minutes with children. We're always so busy, aren't we? But building in a little bit of time to consciously just maybe give gratitude to the amazing earth that we live in that's receiving this electromagnetic information and we'll take it and we'll put it into its rightful place in the cosmos. So gratitude, one of the most amazing grounders or Mm. get in the shower, get in the bath, Go and get in the ocean if you're oh, yes. lucky enough to live by. Yes. You know, actually grounding that down. Um, I do and- um, suggest a lot of um, havening after the sessions, you know, so that they're kind of almost giving them that self-love hug. So for anybody listening, I'm just we're rubbing from shoulder down into the palms, saying uh, safe or the word grounded or love, just something that's just really nurturing supportive and sometimes I have people stand up and shake shake their full body like literally just a bit of trauma release um adrenaline and stuff like that from the body so yeah that that's a beautiful observation and brilliant suggestions and I suppose that's where your work comes in too in terms of what have you developed what you might not you've hundreds of different practices I can imagine um but you know for the busy mom maybe um, who's feeling a little bit off, overwhelmed, uh, all in her head, not connected to her body, grounded, etc. What what do you suggest to do? What little tips have you got? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Love that <laughs> question, Sarah. Um, the I there's an exercise that I absolutely love called coming home to yourself, and it's incredibly simple which of course when we're in that place of wow juggling a million things we need simple and it's literally to put one hand flat on your lower abdomen one hand flat on the forehead and just take even three breaths here let's make let's do all all do it let's do it (laughs) yeah so one hand on your belly one hand on your forehead and then just breathing and Thinking of those breaths as being nourishing. That's the only, only purpose of your breath. Nourishing you. Bringing in fresh oxygen, fresh energy. You don't have to make them big breaths, long breaths. You don't have to change them at all. But just holding that intention of nourishing breaths. Oh, it's making me yawn already. Yeah. That's my sign. 
exactly that's the way that you're that that's your liver energy sarah moving oh. your um moving your entire energy system back into balance i love it but that's that's when when we yawn it's the liver energy just oop, moving the body system through um but just that simple exercise much like the beautiful when you're working with your um upper arm like you were just showing mm. um you're activating some of the extraordinary channels in the body. So you have your meridian channels and then you have your extraordinary channels, which are the very, very first energy systems that come into you when you're one cell. And then when you divide that one cell zygote into two cells, certain energy systems develop. They're formed in that formation of the physical, or maybe they're there and they form the physical. Um, But in that (laughs) moment, these extraordinary channels are created in the body. And when you rub this part of your arm, you are reminding them to regulate the creative and responsive part of your energy fields, the parasympathetic, yeah, Mm -hmm, yeah. that beautiful create and connect. Um, So it's a, I love that. It's such a precious way. And also even the practicality of it, you cross your arms over your chest and that creates the pathway for your left and right electromagnetic fields from the brain to come in. You activate the heart chakra, you align the energetic core. There's so much. We do so much every day that we don't understand. no. And the number of times I would be with clients or students and we would show an exercise or a practice and they say, I do this naturally. I've done this since I was tiny. And we say, of course you do. You know energy. You know it on the deepest level. You are energy. I'm an EFT tapping practitioner and trainer. And I work with women all around the world, helping them truly let go so they can shape their own future free from the conditioning and shackles of the past. I've created a Tapping Into Motherhood membership and community where we meet monthly to tap on emotions and issues that are coming up for us. We enjoy guest speakers and I create a tapping script or meditation for the month too. As well as that, you have access to a library of over 160 tapping videos, meditations, resources and courses. So visit tappingformums.com forward slash join dash membership. Yeah, I have a lot of people um, who tap on the the K27 automatically across the chest because they know that helps them feel less anxious. And then I'm like, when I explain then like what it actually does, they're, they're blown away that they have known that. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. We are so wise. We are so wise. We really are. How So we talked about these disturbances and, and obviously trauma can create disturbances and, and trauma is individual to every single person and it can be big and small, etc. Um, what about other influences that are in our environment, the cosmic influences, influences of other people, past life, contracts like what about the bigger things at play that like I I've just feel are so hidden from us, whereas we can kind of understand trauma and how that yeah. impacts us. But there's a whole other world of things that are impacting us. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a big question, Sarah. <laughs> I'm going to play with it. Rain me in if I if I go on too long. Go for it. Um, so as far as I understand the human energy field, it is, as we talked about, you have that 
initial, well, I mean, let's think about that initial point of conception, like mind blowing and wow, that there was a point, no matter what the physical circumstance of conception was, some of us are conceived in wonder, love, ecstasy, bliss, consciousness, yeah? Mm. Some of us are conceived in trauma. Fear, yeah. And everywhere between those two points. Mm -hmm. So we recognize that. And as individuals, we can honor that. We can honor our parents, no matter what gifts they brought us, whether they were gifts of trauma, gifts of challenge, or gifts of joy, ease, and love. They gave us the gift of life. And that is the magic of the point of conception, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So somewhere in that big web of life, in that immensity beyond the individual, beyond the human experiencing on a logical, conscious, anything scientific level, in that place of immense love and potential, in that soul place of immense love and potential, there was a joining which created a light, a soul light that was going to begin to form you in your physicality. And even just thinking about that, thinking about the fact that somewhere in that immense field of love, which is life, there was a moment when you as a soul chose to come into being, just like our babies. Like there was a moment, I laugh with my kids who are now, my daughter was 20 last week and my son's mm-hmm. 23 in a couple of weeks. And I say to him, no matter what, what to them, no matter what's going on, I say, remember, you chose me as a mom. You chose us as parents. <laughs> it makes me feel better anyway. It makes them laugh. But yeah. at that point of, of the light of conception, the soul light that came in, then Obviously, there's a whole amazing chain of being that creates you as a baby being born into the world. And then from that point on, that journey simply continues. So at that, the way we hold that soul light in our body is two ways. One, we have it through the core soul, as I described a little while ago. And from that core soul, from that interface into the body system, it becomes the radiant soul. So that soul color I was talking about Mm -hmm. radiates through all of your energy systems in very, very specific ways. We haven't got time to go into those, but every energy system connects in to carry that radiant soul energy through your physicality, through into your day, into your life, so that you are living You're always living your soul path. You have no choice of that. For the moment as a soul, you come into your soul light. But you are then living your soul purpose, potentially. You have a choice. You can live your soul purpose or not. But from that place, you're still connected through your earth and sun star into the wisdom of the earth below and the entire cosmos above. And you're always, it's like when I look at that energetic core, Really, it's a super highway of light filaments. And all of that light filaments, they all carry cosmic coding. So mm-hmm. at your very, very center, you are coded with all of the information in the cosmos. That's kind of crazy. That blows me away. 
but you're coded with that. And then as we move through our life, we experience, we activate, we enliven different parts of that within our individuality, but we can never be separate from it. We can never be separate from it. And I mean, every month I watch, usually related to the moon, but not always, I watch different cosmic energy fields moving closer to the human energy field, then being totally absorbed by the human energy field. And then another one comes down. And in essence, it's what astrologists have understood forever. I just see it visually. I see it physically. I see the way that right now we've been in an amazing, this month, um, this month of April, we've been in an amazing, um, crimson red with a kind of cobalt blue color to it and the way that that's come into the human energy field is quite pushy it's quite demanding mm-hmm. it's uh, it's inviting us to clear out some of the old stuff that we're still working with and we've been in that cosmic energy field in a bigger sense since about 2012 like mm-hmm. that was when there was a real shift in cosmic consciousness and we're being invited to join it yeah Every one of us has a choice. We can bury our heads in the sand and say, nope, I like the way the things that that they are and I'm not changing and that's it. Or we can take the risk of expansion. We can take the risk. We can be brave. Mm -hmm. We can expand into being even more of ourselves. We have that choice every minute of every day. So we've got this kind of cosmic wiring, cosmic connection, but also our entire auric field, the extraordinary channels I was just talking about, to a certain extent, the chakras, each one of them also connect through our biofield, through our aura, into the cosmic web of life that's all around us at every moment, that matrix of energy. So mm-hmm. I talked a little bit earlier about when um, when we pass a tree, how our energy field and the tree's energy field connect how when i see mums with children oh yeah i mean really thinking of mums now i mean when that baby's born that baby is entirely inside your energy field even once it's born mm-hmm. once it's that little one is sleeping talking walking up to 2 years of age your if i looked at a child and i looked at the mum the mum's soul color would be through the child's energy system up until the age of two, really. And the mum's energy system will be fundamentally changed because of it. Mm-hmm. So if I look at a woman, I'll always know if she's got a child under two because it's like there's a there's a thickness to the energy field because it's holding. It's expanded to hold totally. another soul. Yeah, Totally. And it doesn't matter whether that baby is with her or mm. whether that two-year-old is in a little play playground uh, yeah play group um their energy fields are changed but after about two it's like at that point the wisdom of of our wild wisdom your body system as a mum knows it's time for the child to experience a bit more of their own own life without that um pulse without the mum's pulse going through their energy Um, and so it begins to really quiet and that's the time when as mums we we begin to be a bit more we even begin to be able to have those thoughts about hey what would be good for me 
Mm. But really, until that child is two, energetically, we're a bit more removed from that. It's how and to if, prioritize ourselves, I suppose, in that totally. aspect. Yeah. We well, don't that's really have interesting. That. Yeah. Our energetic wiring is much more about ensuring the the safety, the and when I say safety, I don't just mean physical. I no. mean like you're a sole guardian for your child. Yeah. Wow. And sometimes physical safety is far less important than soul guardian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mums, as mums, dads, as neighbors, we are all soul guardians for our physical children and the world's children. We're soul mm-hmm. guardians for each other as well. Mm-hmm. I know my soul's lighting up having this conversation. Oh my God, my heart is like totally expanded. I'm feeling everything right now. It's amazing. So that- What about, sorry, when you meet someone you love or like the soulmates and then there's twin flames and what's what's going on there energetically? Yeah, yeah. Energetically, my witnessing of it is that when we think about the soul families. Mm-hmm. So these vibrations. So let's say we were just talking about the indigo soul colors or the um, silver soul colors, that actually there are resonances within us that when we connect someone, not necessarily from exactly the same um, soul color family, but there are threads of these soul connections through through the cosmos and when we meet someone that our soul has a deep need for yeah it's like longing longing is a very untrendy um concept you know longing it means you want something and you can't have it yeah no longing is the poetry of your soul mm. longing is that immense love of something that hasn't yet appeared in your life. So we can be longing for that part in our soul energy can be longing for the reconnection with another soul. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's what happens when you meet that person, friend, beloved, whatever it is, that actually you, a part of your soul's longing becomes fulfilled at that deepest level there is a remembering there yeah and do you believe you can love multiple people in that in that way yeah absolutely absolutely and there are different kind of there are different places within that because we can we're incredibly complex aren't we and we can have Mm -hmm. different levels of longing yeah so I definitely believe that we can love it's a bit like you know the the question that you get from your kids at some point uh which one of us is your favorite like <laughs> am I your favorite or is he your favorite that um and we, we always have jokes in our family about that and as a as a young person it's really difficult to conceive that actually your heart it like when you have one child you feel totally the fullness of that love when you have two mm. children, it doesn't get divided. It's yes. that heart expands. Expand. So now you've got two or three or five or seven or mm-hmm. however many of those big loves are in your heart. And yeah. it's the human capacity for love is limitless. It really is. 
I was, um, I had coronavirus very ill. I was in hospital Mm. for two weeks with it. And um, I was definitely closer to death than I was to life. And I was, for many days, I was walking the pathway of the dead, the path of souls. And it was, it was the most, I cannot bring words to it, Sarah. It was the most profound experience that will ever, ever touch me. Because in that place of my physicality really being, (laughs) to say very compromised is a little of an understatement. Um, And to be into that place of the sentience of love and experience that love experience that place of being loved and loving in that in the place that we would often talk about as the void but actually there is nothing absent about it (laughs) it was immense in its fullness and the only human word I have for the vibration of that fullness is love and it, it definitely has changed me forever. Wow. I was a deeply loving, compassionate <laughs> and connected person beforehand, but I had no clue of the true capacity for love that the universe has for us and we are a part of. We co-create the world that we live in. That's and, what I was going to say, sorry, yeah. is like when you were talking, I was thinking you have accessed the through the veil almost into the unconditional love that is available for every single one of us without judgment, without question, without fear, without worthiness, without proving ourselves that just is that it just exists. And it's amazing that you have crossed. And I know you obviously would have connected with that love beforehand, but maybe this is a more, a deeper way of, of connecting to that to share with the rest of us possibly about what is possible when we hold I suppose how do we act do we do we just have to trust and open is that how we gain access to that well I think the the key start point for me and every single one of us knows this is is really committing in whatever form you can do to loving yourself Mm -hmm. That's it. We are we have grown in a culture that encourages such self-loathing. The messages from the media, the mainstream messages of our culture is you are not enough. Therefore, buy this product and temporarily you'll be enough and then you'll have to buy the next product. The mainstream narrative in our media is that we need to be fearful and that mostly people are pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And those two narratives together remove us from the truth that from the second you were born until the second you die, you are not just enough you are perfect. No matter what crap you're doing, 
what you're going through, what you're not doing, you're alive as an immense, vibrant thread within the web of life. And finding our way home to that has to begin with self-love. And I think really key for me in that is, is understanding that, and that you'll really get this as a practitioner as well, Sarah, it blew my mind when I finally understood it. We as women, we as mums, we have a huge expectation of ourselves to put others first, don't we? To be good to do our best, all of those beautiful Mm -hmm. things, all of those beautiful things. We want to do the very best we can for our kids, for our families, for our careers, for ourselves. But when I understood that everything is about exchange of energy and balance and harmony. So if I have worked, I don't work with um, a private practice anymore because I exclusively teach, teach and write and speak now, but If I spent seven hours working with clients and helping them to bring more balance to their life, but at the end of the day, I'm tired, I've pushed myself too hard, then the the sum of that healing energy that I've expended is zero. I have helped other people feel good. And I feel less good. I have helped their energy, but I have drained my energy. Therefore, all of that effort, when we put it on a sacred offering, when we put it on the level of the sacred, all of that effort came to zero. Wow. Hang on. (laughs) Do I want to live going through my day giving more than I receive? Because if I do, I am not a healing presence in the world. I'm not a presence of harmony in the world. Mm. No, that's not what any of us choose. So when we can begin to think in terms of exchange of energy, then showing up however you are in your truth for yourself, that is one of the biggest, biggest gifts that we can give ourselves to discover that place of real love. We can never love anyone else any more than we love ourselves. Energetically, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. So to love your kids in their fullness, just for themselves, with no expectations of them to be anything that you need them to be, we have to love ourselves in that same place. So that's a place where I really... That's the big focus of my work, my teachings now. It's how do you activate your radiant soul? Mm -hmm. How do you activate it? We all have it. We all have it. Never, ever, ever have I seen anyone with anything other than the most exquisite soul energy, no matter what it is. So how do we activate it? How do we nurture it? How do we help each other nurture it? I think if there is one question I encourage anyone is how do I nourish myself today? That's it. How do I nourish myself today? And if that means you don't choose to take your kids out to um, do that great climbing wall at the local thing, or maybe you just hang out, lie in the grass, 
put mm. your feet up on the sofa with them. Maybe that's perfect for today. How do I nourish myself today? That I think is the path to self-love and love for others, love for the universe, because we have the time and the space and the capacity for love. Mm -hmm. You know, this year, Sarah, I'm uh, giving myself, every few years I do it, this year I'm giving myself a year where I buy myself nothing at all. Because it's easy to get caught up in our consumer by this. It's just a thing. I need it. Yes. And anytime, totally. Mm. Or, or like we, there's subtle energy systems at play, isn't there? There's subtle kind of imbalances in the system. Oh, I don't feel too confident right now. So I'll buy this um, scarf and, oh, it's a lovely color and it will make me feel more confident. There's nothing wrong in that. It's a wonderful strategy. But it's that's what it is. It's a strategy. Yeah. Still filling a a void. Yeah. A of place of imbalance. Inside. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And so I give myself fairly regularly. Uh, I did it about five years ago. A year of not buying myself anything uh, other than uh, replacing toothbrush or to- yeah. things like that. Obviously, but, things you need. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it's an interesting question. Like, what do I need? Mm. What do I really need? need? Yeah. What do we need in our life? We need nourishment, emotional, physical. We need nourishment and we need connection. And that's what our kids need too. They need nourishment and connection. They don't just need stuff and expensive days out. And they just want you, don't they? Yeah. Mm. And you can be more you if you can give yourself nourishment as well. So that's the kind of, that's the place I'm really exploring and playing Mm. with in my work. How can I help people understand their energy in the very, the micro practices, exactly like you described with the stroking of the arms or I described with the coming home to yourself. How can we just begin to use them as our strategies of evolution? our strategies of wellness of remembering yeah mm. so so simple and we can all do it our kids will teach us how to do it one day but for them yes. for this for these next 20 years we're the guardians for that transition yeah oh my goodness i just think every single person needs to hear that message like it's just so it's truth and every single person listening will know it in their bones yeah it is the truth of the universe and we need to remember it. You know, it's so powerful. Um, gosh, I'm just, my whole body is like vibrating. <laughs> um, tell me about your book and how you support people. Congratulations. This is book launch week, isn't it? it for is you? book it's launch week. So exciting. Amazing. Oh, thank you, Sarah. I am. Um, I think honestly, right now, so I've got two more days until the book launch, four more days until my 50th birthday. Um, the, there is a lot happening. There's a lot happening. And much like I was saying about how we come back into that place of real, the gift of our own soul, the gift of our deep sweet quietness um i'm having to really consciously practice that at the moment 
when I was awake for a bit last night thinking, oh, and have I got this? And what? How, when am I cooking the food for 50 people? And, 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 and. <laughs> um, then it's that place of like, oh, I'm moving into more of the, the energy field of the habitual or the reactive right now, fight, fight, freeze, the, the sympathetic nervous system. I'm moving, okay, I choose not to. And then just expanding through my body system, opening that energetic core a bit, coming back into the parasympathetic, coming back into the create and connect. But I don't usually have to work hard to do that. And at the moment, <laughs> there is so much on that I am definitely having to live my own practices. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. It's like, oh, I want to enjoy every minute of it. So my book, my exciting book, which is beside me at the moment, because I'm still kind of I feel like I've bonded with it, but I, you know, for the first few days when it arrived, I, I could have looked at it and looked at it. And my husband said at some point, do you like your book? And I said, <laughs> well, I kind of feel like I've gone through a massive birth. I've got a bit of a tear. I haven't yet like actually Connected. birthed the placenta and <laughs> I haven't bonded with it yet. <laughs> And after about three days of kind of just looking at it, it feels it's a it's a deep soul offering of mine. So mm. it feels a really big thing to to bring forward. Um, I share information in it that before I wrote the book, I hadn't shared with anyone. Mm. Um, just because as I began to really feel into what what parts of my experiencing could most speak to other people. And so there were some really tender places for me to share in that book. Mm. And I mean, keep in mind, Sarah, I'm a, in lots of ways, I'm a freak. I'm definitely, I am not normal. I recognize that. <laughs> um, and I'm quite okay with it. And at yeah. the same time to kind of so publicly say, hey, this is my little weird light and I'm shining it in my own weird way um, is a big thing. So mm. I've had to really kind of love that process and sit with the vulnerability of it. So my book is called Your Radiant Soul, Understand Your Energy to Transform Your World. And I'm really, really joyful about it. It feels like it was a you know, I tried writing it a couple of times in the past 10 years mm -hmm. and I just wasn't ready. I didn't have the skill to weave the complexity of the energy understandings together in a simple way. And I feel like when I was finally able to write it, I hope, and I look forward to feedback, mm -hmm. um, I hope that what I've been able to create is a book that empowers and informs people, lots of practices in it as well, um, lots of really the merging well my entire worldview of the shamanic and the energetic and the physical and the fun um so yeah i'm really excited and i'm looking forward to um looking forward to this particular baby of mine going out and inspiring lots of people to feel empowered for where we're at right now i know that when we change and bring more harmony to our individual energy, the ripples that goes out through our families, through our communities, through our societies. Like when we change our energy, we can change our world. And in doing so, we begin to co-create and change the human world, what we experience, the potential that we can actually inspire in each other. Because right now, there's such a massive 
feeling of being disempowered and overwhelmed, isn't there? It's, it's the it's, it's the only outcome from the story of separation that we have fully engaged in with the last few hundred. Mm. And duality and polarity and yeah. um, I'm wrong, I'm right, he's wrong, he's right. You know, it's just yeah. horrible energy, really. Absolutely. Mm. And it comes from that place of, of confusion and overwhelm and fear. And it's a total normal logical outcome of where we've been. Um, and we can choose a very, very, very different way of experiencing. We can choose that experiencing of knowing that, yeah, some of our global systems are really, really in desperate need of being laid down. And the new emerging ones that are emerging already, mm -hmm. they need nourishing. So we're in that huge place of transition and change. Um, and I hear again and again and again in mainstream stories that people aren't very good at changing. People like safety. People like mm -hmm. things just the way they are. I fundamentally disagree. There is nothing mm -hmm. in your energy system that says stay as it is. Nothing. Everything is dynamic. Everything is continually evolving. We are continually evolving. And when we don't, that's when we move towards anxiety, disempowerment, physical ailments. Yeah. Because we are designed to evolve. Um, so my hope is that this book, this beloved of mine, will go out and just help connect that little place of inspiration in our daily lives so that we can change the world. Everything I kind of work with, I always think of as I, we, and world. How mm. does, what am I doing in this? And how am I in it? How are we in it? How am I connecting here? How's my beloveds in it all? And how is this working with the world? Um, and it feels like that book is a really amazing um, mixture of the I, the we in the world so that we can each kind of claim our place here for what we came in to do, which is not live in fear and not mm. live a limited life. Not suffer. No, no. I feel like the word that's coming to me about your book is bridge. I don't know if you yeah. thought about it like yeah. as a bridge. Yeah, I love that. I see energy as a bridge yeah. and I see my role to really help people understand that there are there is so much we can do every second of every day mm -hmm. to experience real choice in our life, real choice, not that choice of, well, I can't do what I want to do. So therefore I, I can choose this or that. That's not choice. Like how do we choose to live as healthy, joyful, mm. connected human beings? That is, that is what that book That's is about. Yeah. yeah be authentic and and love ourselves in the process and you know and you mentioned earlier which I wrote down the word shadow is like it's loving all aspects of self isn't it it's it's the things that sometimes we think are unacceptable are actually the key to our gifts and our um amazing radiant selves Absolutely. Well, I think it's a Rilke quote that says, our deepest fears are our dragons guarding our deepest treasures. Wow. Now, Rilke, that might not be absolutely accurate, but it's like that. <laughs> I like um, it. And it. Absolutely. We have. And, you know, I've, I work with what we could call shadow practices, but I, I move in away from that word, Sarah, because mm. 
shadow, even the word itself. I would begin talking about shadow work and I'd see every single person in the room, hundreds of people, their energy systems would just be like, uh, oh. it like, sounds hard, doesn't it? It does sound mm. hard. And it also suggests that dark is bad. Yes, yeah, dark, totally. Like when I was out in that immensity for those days, walking that path of souls, that was dark. Mm. And it was the biggest beauty I've ever experienced. Oh, wow. It's not... The shadow itself is such a beautiful gift. So um, I've got a um, 16 week program. So my kind of my biggest program, the alchemy of intuition. And in there, we look at the skill of soothsaying. Now, soothsaying is an old English word and sooth just means truth. So mm. it's about the skill of being the truth teller. And that amazing concept that inside our energy, inside every part of ourselves, we always know the truth. We always <laughs> know the truth. Just like you mentioned a few minutes ago, yeah, you heard the truth and it lit your system yeah. up. So yeah. we know truth. There is no amount of spin, bamboozling that can separate <laughs> us from truth. So we know truth. Yeah. And for me, that skill of soothsaying is learning how to find the truth within. And if that truth is, I've got really wobbly fat thighs, and that worries me, then we sit with that soothsayer, we sit with our inner soothsayer, and we chat about that. And the truth comes out about why our body image is important for us. And by the end of the process, whatever practices we use, the truth sits that, wow, my floppy thighs, they empower me to walk. As I go through my life, these thighs are what opened to both create life and birth life. Like these cellulite floppy thighs, <laughs> my God, they are absolutely amazing. And I love them. <laughs> That's a big journey, isn't it? Yeah. From looking in the mirror and thinking, oh, my guys. Yeah. yeah. That's what we do with tapping as well. It's like for me, it's a process of acknowledgement acknowledging and validating the current feeling or the current thought about the thighs or you know body image yeah and then um accepting that we have those feelings deciding it's okay to have the feeling it's okay to let the feeling go um and then choosing so the empowerment pieces for me choosing choosing to release that thought and and in there comes often reframes we use a lot of reframes like you just did there changing the view of it to seeing the truth of it yeah and and in that is so there's so much release happens in the body yeah absolutely absolutely it's so so beautiful so mm. beautiful. well gosh I mean I could have you on for another three hours and be still quite chipper and happy and vibrant in that but um, I need to give you your time back and thank you everybody to listen for listening as well. But so your book is out and can be found across major independent and um, big retailers, I presume. Yes, I'm not going to name names, but everyone will know. Um, and with it, your radiant soul. And um, I will obviously have links to your website, the book, everything um, of interest in the show notes as well. So everyone can catch up with you there and all your social channels and your YouTube channel. 
which is doing amazing by the looks as well. So, um, yeah. and you've got memberships, courses, you, you're helping people in a group capacity now and writing. So that's, that's the focus for yourself. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And also I do so love getting together with people. So we're as a team, we're just making sure now that we've got, we've got some beautiful pathways of right from the beginner energy essentials for everyday living right up to big programs and little bite size and a lot of free material as well yeah. so it feels like we need to all do this together don't we we have to we have Absolutely. to really live in that spirit of abundance and generosity so that we can create the change that we we want that is coming own. yeah it's already here Absolutely. we just need to make it real <laughs> yeah. oh well thank you sarah totally you, loved Karen. chatting with you oh that was just amazing thank you so much thanks so much for listening to this episode and i hope you enjoyed this chat and had a few light bulb moments what are your key takeaways please do subscribe follow or leave a rating or review to help this podcast reach more people and jump into my dms and let me know how you get on Thanks again to Olverum, who are generously giving us a 20% discount with the code TAPPINGFORMUMS in caps. Do share with me what you buy and what you think. Also, don't forget to check out my website to take my quiz and start ramping up your own self-care practices. Visit tappingformums.com.